0: What's up, what's up, everybody? Back again with another episode, the fourth episode to be exact. Let me get my mic straight just a little bit. I know it's been a problem in the current weeks. Haven't been able to see my face for real, but you all can see it now. But (laughs) welcome back to Trey Ball, fourth uh, episode. This week I have, um, this is not the first time he's been on this, well, he hasn't been on this show, but it's not the first time since he's been down here. Last time you seen him, he was on How You Doing, where we got to talk about him as a person, and all the trials he went through, and the adversity he had to face through as a college student and as a young entrepreneur, today he is joining me as a fellow sports analyst. I wouldn't give him that much of a title. It's not really his specialty, like me. But, <sighs> he, he, <laughs>
1: <callousy>
0: <laughs> but he he likes to talk about basketball. Um, he's one of the guys I go to, like when I like talking about basketball, like especially important topics throughout the league. He's one of those guys I can like talk to. He understands much of the game like I do. Uh, if not, maybe a little more in some subjects. I'll give him that. I, I wouldn't say in everything, but in some things, some aspects. We're going to see. Yeah.
1: We're going to see. We got a lot of topics. We're going to see who comes out on top.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I wish
1: we had a scoreboard.
0: Oh, man. Ladies and gentlemen, George Bill. Aye. Right. So, uh, yeah, let's get straight into it. Hold on. You can go ahead. Let me go get my water real quick. I know this is not easy.
1: Or- well, I guess this is the Bucky Patrol show because I brought mine already. I guess no, somehow the no, guest no, was more prepared no, than the host.
0: No, no, no. It was already here. I just didn't have
1: it underneath. But you know me. It. Always ready. Just like the baits. I'm already up one. All Trend right. One, zero.
0: <laughs> anyway, let's, talk, let's start the show off with it. Uh, a main topic or just a main storyline that's going around the league right now. And it's it's something I've been noticing since kind of like the beginning of the season. And it's like this team – has been having questions since they formed up in the summer. I'm talking about the 76ers, to be exact. Mm-hmm. Um, many of them, like many of, like uh, people around the league and followers of basketball questioned how this team was going to hold up in the season with them uh, not signing Jimmy Buller and signing Tab- Tobias Harris to that max contract, which I don't think he deserved. But get your chicken, man. Um, And signing Al Horford, he got like a hundred-something million million contract as well. Terrible contract. And they traded for Josh Richardson when they did kind of like a sign-and-trade deal for Jimmy Butler. Um, We see, like, there was questions. The glaring problem when the team formed was like just their shooting. That was the glaring thing we know is like, well, they're big. They got good size, but can they shoot? And as the season has progressed, uh, obviously they can't shoot. That's still a major issue for that team. And what's becoming an even bigger issue is just their play style. Uh, with Joel Embiid kind of want to slow down the pace and kind of, like, want to post up his players down low and, like, like I said, slow it down. With Ben Simmons, because Joel Embiid's been hurt for most of the season, Ben Simmons played – he's been very consistent in his play throughout the season. And he's, like, and playing fast in transition because Ben Simmons, he specialized in transition buckets. And he's, like, just increasing the tempo of that team. And they've been playing really well when he does that. So – that's been kind of the main problem going on. The 76ers did beat the Nets last night without Kyrie, without and the 76ers did not have uh, Ben Simmons. He was out <coughs> with a uh, lower back tightness after following All-Star weekend. Uh, they beat him 112-104. to um, The fans booed Joel Embiid <laughs> again, but I think they, was in, they might have been affiliated this game when it was in Brooklyn last time I checked. Do you remember? No, them?
1: they played... Um They played in Philly? They played in Philly again? Yeah. I I
0: saw the notification say that they booed him again. So, obviously, the fans are taking offense to what's going on in Philly right now. So, it's not just people that analyze basketball. Like, the fans are having enough. And it's crazy, too, when you think about it. For the many years they endured for the process, that now I I can't understand their frustration. Because they waited so long, and the years that they Mm -hmm. had to endure... For them to get to where they are right now and to, like, and be told. It. Yeah, being Wait, told. for what,
1: second-round exits? Yeah,
0: first-round exits. Maybe they play the Heat in the first round the way the current scene sits. They lose that. I, to me, I think they would.
1: Yeah, I would say. I'll take the Heat. You I'll know me, I'm head. a big Jimmy Butler fan, so. I,
0: you are a big Jimmy Butler fan. I mean, he's the guy very that, underrated. This is the guy that said that Jimmy Butler deserves to be MVP over Kawhi Leonard.
1: No, see, context is so important. <laughs> I said. That neither one of them is gonna win MVP. But if we really broke down a ranking and we just kept going down the list of people, because pretty much once you get out of like the top three, because the top three is Giannis, LeBron, and I guess who we say at three, Luca, Luca, or, or James Harden. But pretty much even still, even really, it's really Giannis, LeBron. Everybody else is just in the ranking just right. by you know default because you need a third or fourth guy if you keep going down the list. But I was just saying if you kept going down the list. Jimmy Butler would be higher on that list than Kawhi, in my opinion. That's the only thing I that that's the only thing I was saying. I didn't say he would win MVP. I didn't say he was really a candidate. I didn't say he was going to be a finalist. I didn't say he was better than Kawhi. That is all I said. Context. Go ahead.
0: That's besides the point. That's a, that's a different argument for a different day. But George, I want to toss it to you and kind of get your opinion. Well, let me get into the quote that he said uh, because last night Joel Embiid did finish with 39 points and 16 rebounds. Like I said, granted they did play the Nets, without Kyrie, who's just been injured uh, for the rest of the season. We'll talk about that later. He made a quote following the game, talking about his mindset during All-Star Weekend. And the quote goes, I'm taking it out of context a little bit, but he said, Juice proving I'm here, I belong, and being the best player in the world, I just intend to keep coming out every single night and just play hard and try to win a championship. Now, this quote that he said, is Joel Embiid the best player in the world?
1: No. He's not even the best center in the world. Whoa, you don't think he's the best center? No, I'd rather have Jokic, to be honest.
0: Okay, The way, the way Jokic's been playing lately, we'll get into that, too. But the way he's been playing, I can see that. But I'll just let you – I'll toss it to you, and I'll go back to my point. But go ahead.
1: Well, my thing is with Joel Embiid is that how can you be the best player in the world when you're not even your best version of you right now? Because yes. when you look at his points, his points have dropped. His rebounds have dropped. Uh, I believe his blocks have dropped. I don't know if his assists have dropped. But pretty much we look at him in almost every major statistical category. He's averaging, so for the season, he's averaging 23 uh,
0: points with one block. Uh, He has three assists and 12 rebounds. Versus last season where he averaged almost 28 points. He averaged almost two blocks. Uh, four assists, so assists kind of well, around almost close Pretty to four much assists. Like the same thing. And 14 rebounds. So his his numbers did drop this season. He's not even in the best version of himself, like you said.
1: That's my thing. And even when he was, you know, that Joel Embiid, nobody was really looking at him and saying, like, oh, this Joel Embiid is really vying for the MVP. Like, he wasn't even a top five finisher last right. year. And again, you're the best player in the world playing with another all star in Ben Simmons, but then the 76ers aren't even. They don't even have home court advantage right now. And in East, where the 7th seed is under 500. So when I look at that, that doesn't scream best player in the world. And I get he's been injured, and I get that there's a lot of different things going on with that roster and then the coach see, that go yeah. beyond him. But when you tell me you're the best player in the world, I'm expecting better. What are they, the 6th seed right now? The 6th yeah. seed in the East? Yeah, I expect better than that. They are seeing a 6th
0: seed. But they do have the best home record in the league right now. Last time I checked... So if that game, if they, I think they did play in Philly last night. So they, they now yeah. go from being twenty-five and two to twenty-six and two.
1: Okay, again, they are a six seed in the East, which means that they will not have home court advantage in any of the playoffs, and they are a terrible road team.
0: My fault. They're fifth seed. Because Indiana's six seed. So right. They are okay. Fifth seed. So
1: fifth seed, but even still, they're not a top four seed, and I believe they are a surmountable amount of games out of the four seed, like three or four games, from what I had seen. Yeah. I think it's uh Toronto. Or is it Miami that's in that spot right now? Well in um, the four seed? Right.
0: Miami's in that four seed right now.
1: Yeah. And I believe Miami's about like uh three to four games ahead of them right now, I think. Yeah. They, no, actually they tied for
0: games right now, actually looking at it. So I just pulled guy. it up. So the Heat are thirty five and twenty, and the seven sixes are thirty five and 20. So how many games
1: back are they from that spot?
0: From the fourth spot, four right. spot.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're just just all half games. Okay, and there was a three seed that I was looking at that they were four games back. I apologize for that. But basically, unless they're able to finagle their way up to that four seed, they're a terrible road team. I wish I had understood exactly what their record was, but it's very much below five hundred, and they're going to have to play every series that they see on the road if they were to get that far. So it doesn't instill me with a lot of confidence.
0: It don't either. And, like, I made a point last week talking about the 76ers and, like, just their style of play and what they need to do in order to become a better team and to become, like, championship contenders like we all thought they would be. Like, I remember going into the season, many, including myself, was like, well, they might come out to East because I didn't think the Giannis and the Bucs was going to be as dominant still because they lost Brogdon. Hmm. Um, who else did they lose this past season? They like, lost, um... I, I think it was only, I think it was only the only key player that they lost, and Brogdon was a, a crucial point. He, he, he was went, the
1: biggest guy, I man. they lost, like, you know, some pieces. Like, uh oh, DJ Wilson, you
0: know. Now, DJ Wilson's still on
1: the team. Is it? Oh, no, no. Oh, he's still on the team. So, they man, kept, they kept
0: the most of their players, but Ma- Malcolm Brogdon, who had a terrific season last year, going 50-40-90 club, mm. he was the first person to do it He's since, been balling in Indiana, too. Yeah, as a point guard, actually. He's been playing really well for us. And we thought that they were going to have a significant drop because of that, because he was such a crucial piece of that team. But they... Mm. They're taking better. the league by storm, they picked up Wesley Matthews from us from uh, Indiana. They signed Robin Lopez, mm. and they've been playing. They just signed um, what's his name from a uh, from uh, New Orleans?
1: Oh, Marvin, um, Williams. Not, uh, Marvin yes, Williams. Marvin, yes, Marvin Williams. Williams. Really Charlotte, good pickup.
0: That was a good pickup. They and they got a, uh, I wouldn't say i wouldn't say a cavalcade, but they have a bunch of like bigs who can not only defend and be the trees that they have inside the paint to go along with Giannis, mm.
1: but they can also shoot. Which is good because you need to run a four-out offense for Giannis to spread the paint.
0: Yeah, and Giannis is shooting significantly better this year as well. So that that helps the team grow as a team. And he's only playing 31 minutes a game, and he's averaging 13, what, 15 rebounds and like six assists a game? He's
1: averaging like 31, 13, and six right now. Yeah. Which is why I get it. Cause coach of the year is a is an award that's usually given out for the overachiever, but I still feel like Budenholzer deserves some love in that. Like everybody's talking about Spolstra or Nick Nurse or whatnot, but I think Budenholzer deserves some love. I think yeah, cause
0: who won it last year? It was uh. I think it was Budenholzer that won last year. Yeah, they yeah, had the best record last
1: year. Yeah, and usually you don't get it twice in a row for having the best record. Because it usually goes to the overachiever, but at the same time, in my opinion, they are overachieving. Like even though they were a good team, they're on pace to win seventy games right now. They are. Giannis is by far the runaway MVP candidate. So, but anyway.
0: Back so back to the seventy six. So I pulled it up here on the road. They are nine and nineteen, and I was right. So they did play at home yesterday. So now they mm. approved to twenty six and two. But they are nine and nineteen on the road. And going back to what you said, if with them being the current seed of the fifth seed right now in the East. They don't have their home-court advantage because, they would like I said, they would face the Heat, and I could see them losing that game. I'll tell Heat and Six. And Heat been playing real. I think the Heat actually had the second-best home record in the league. Because last time I checked, they was one of the best teams at home. So they actually have a good home record at, as well. And facing a team like the Heat, who have great shooters on a team, like a Duncan Robinson, like a Kendrick Nunn, like a Tyler Hero. Like these and Jimmy Butler himself, like they have good shooters on that team. They also added Jay Crowder. I wouldn't mm-hmm. I mean Iguodala, Doll, would you count as like a good shooter? He's a good playmaker and defender.
1: I'd say he's he's just he's smart. He he picks his spots. Yeah. I wouldn't say he's a knockdown shooter, but I wouldn't leave him open either. Uh, Max Kellerman thinks he's the best shooter in the clutch. <laughs> it was Max. No. <laughs> High leverage moments. High leverage moments. <laughs> anyway. But I'm
0: I don't know where we, like like I was talking to some people. Uh, about go, Talking about last week's show like, Let me ask you What do you think the 76ers need to do To improve their team so they can get to that actual Championship contending level that they aspire to be?
1: So a lot of people would say they need to trade either Ben Simmons Or Joel Embiid and I also agree That I feel like that Tandem on paper looks Really good but it's just two things That are really good But don't fit together I'm, I'm still in this from Shannon Sharp but he's talking about Do you like mashed potatoes? I do do you like ice cream? I do. Do you right. like them together? Fuck no. Exactly. Oh. So they're. Right. <laughs> oh, cut the tape. <laughs> we're going. But here. but but it just it it's true because in a day you can have two really good things, but when you put them together they don't work. Right. But I think their biggest problem, and even if they were to trade Ben Simmons or trade Joel Embiid, this is something that would still be an issue. So they just don't have any shooting. Like the only real knockdown shooter they have is Quentin Richardson, and I don't even think. I, mean, Josh jo- I always say Quin. They got Cortman. Cortman's a good shooter. And they picked he, up yeah, Cortman's too. And then they picked up um, Alec Burks. They yeah, Alec Burks, and he's decent because he he played. He's been playing pretty good for Raul, State.
0: They got Round Nito from uh, Utah.
1: But I mean, would you count him as a good shooter? I, I mean, think. but he's how I many minutes? He's really going to play. He started, in he started like the last ro- game. Like in terms of like real rotation guys, who Glenn are gonna Robinson? i will <laughs> just giving so you
0: somebody, <laughs> like, these are these are names. These are names. <laughs> but, Like some real knock some real knockdown
1: guys. Because, you know, I think it was the worst decision they ever made to let JJ, JJ go. Yes, yeah. That was just a terrible decision. For one, he was a veteran. He was a mature winner. And that's something I feel like that locker room needs. It's why they signed Al Horford. They apparently, too he's much, not though. way too much money. Way too much money. But they just need shooters. Because, at the end of the day, Ben Simmons can't shoot, and he's going to need you to space the floor. Like, if you build around Ben Simmons the same way you did around Giannis, where you just let him go downhill with a whole bunch of shooters around him, I think they would be phenomenal. Or if you just had Joel B, where you played an inside-out kind of a game where you build around him and people can't come off because you got four shooters around him, they would be great in either aspect. But regardless of if they trade one of them with no shooting, neither one of them will really be able to play at their best. Now,
0: I, I'm against trading either one of them because they're, su- they're such great talents, and they're so young. I think – here's what I think, and many have talked about this before. I think at this point it's up to Brett Brown. I think it's up to him to figure it out because when you have two great talents like this, I can see, and like I pointed out before, they do have conflicting playing styles, but there is a way you can get them two to play together. There is a way. And and somebody's going to have to, like, get inside Ben Simmons' head because we've seen him over the summer, like, shoot threes and take plenty of threes. Like, he would post videos of him shooting threes. But during the NBA season, we do not see him shoot. Yeah, yet. I'm
1: sorry. But Ben Simmons, at the end of the day, you are a professional basketball player getting paid millions of dollars and you're afraid to shoot threes. I know people in the little league that be chucking with no remorse. And they, and it's just like, dude, just shoot. You're, you're learning. At the end of the day, nobody's going to get mad at you for putting up bricks. Russell Westbrook's been throwing up bricks for years. <laughs> and yeah. he's still getting max contracts. You will be okay, Ben. I, I promise you will be I'll be just fine.
0: I, I mean, I can't really speak and like, Tell him to get out of his, like, comfort zone. Like, because I don't know what's going to him psychologically as a player. Like, what's he thinking and why is he not He traumatized competent?
1: by threes? Like, did, did threes do something to him in his childhood that made him never want to put one up? I don't I don't know what it is. Like. Then he needs to start chucking. He does. we seen him take that shot in the preseason. I think he took
0: one in the actual season uh, as well. No, he's made two in the season. It's just... I don't know. And there's been like there have been times where uh, Joel B made references of, like the team need and shooting people are thinking that he was calling out Ben Simmons because of that. He
1: called spade to spade. It's simple.
0: What else would
1: he be talking about? He ain't talking about Alec? He ain't. He ain't I, talking about Al Horford?
0: But, I mean, like I said, I, there is a way they, they can play. I think there's a way they can coexist with each other. I think it's up to Brett Brown. But let's say they do. Let's say they say at fifth seed. Like, the playoffs start right now. They do play the heat. They get bounced in the first round. They not trading Joel and Ben Simmons Elmbrand's brand's not doing that Ray Brown gotta go because at this point, look at it at this point they've been to the playoffs with this newfound team three times and they made it to the semis last year lost to Kowalin off that a bouncing shot with Jimmy Butler though. with Jimmy that's when they had Jimmy Butler which I like I think that was a bad decision to let him walk That was a good addition 100%. to that team. The year before, they lost to the Celtics
1: in <clears throat> five games. and w- That was the Semis, too,
0: wasn't it? Yeah, there was a Semis. Yeah, cause they, cause and the they got play.
1: absolutely blasted. There was a game Ben Simmons had one point.
0: Yeah, because cause the Celtics played the uh, Bucks in the first round of that year, and they ended up playing LeBron in the Cavs the year, uh, in yes. the finals, the Commons Finals.
1: So you've been to the playoffs three times. It went out pretty bad. Well, I get last year you didn't go out bad, but that was a completely different team. You had Jimmy Butler, J.J. Redick and all that. So that doesn't really count. That's an anomaly because that team is just completely different than the one you have now. So the year that you had a team pretty similar to what you have right now where you have the core of Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, you lose losing five handily to the Celtics. And then uh, I believe the year before that they lost –
0: who, the 76ers? Yeah. They lost to the... They lost... Oh, you talking about before yeah, they I'm lost talking about, the Celtics. I'm talking about before the Celtics. They, I'm wasn't, talking, even, they wasn't even in the playoffs.
1: They wasn't, even, they wasn't even in the playoffs that year. So, the way I see it, with the roster that you have constructed now, basically, you lost to the Celtics in five. And you're getting worse in terms of... We're just looking at record if we're looking at individual statistics. They lost to the Celtics in five in 2018. In 2018. And they lost to the Raptors in seven. Or six. It was seven, wasn't it? No, it was six. It, and no, yeah, it was seven. It was seven. It was seven because that was a, the first uh walk off game winner at the buzzer for a game seven ever. It was. It was. They but, also
0: – the Raptors in seven in twenty nineteen.
1: They it's looking like they might lose to Heat in twenty twenty. Basically, so in my opinion, and here's my thing too. You're gonna get a haul. Like you're acting like you're losing a star, and you're not gonna get anything in return. Like would you get somebody? Because I guess what do you, what would you consider Joel Embiid top fifteen in the NBA? Uh I'd say. Top fifteen, like ty- he is top, top twelve,
0: 15. Top, top ten, top most likely, yeah, top ten, top fifteen.
1: Like top, okay. So for a top ten, top fifteen talent, you could get a lot. You can, you can get a a lot of shooters. You can get some draft picks more than likely. So in my opinion, me personally, so you I can, rather see, have Ben Simmons. on
0: the side. You on the side of Ben Simmons.
1: I'm on the side of trading Joel Embiid. I feel like this is a guard heavy league. I feel like a guy like Giannis, who is a ball dominant, ball, a uh, ball handling. Big with ball handling skills, who can go downhill, who can pass, who can rebound, who can defend perimeter and interiorly, surrounding them with shooters will go will bowl well versus building around a center. Not to mention Joel Embiid is injury prone. He has an injury problem. Ben Simmons always plays. He don't shoot when he plays, but at least he plays. Well, we'll have to figure
0: it out there. Let's go into the next. We, we spent like 20 minutes on this one. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about another team in the East, um, the Nets. Kyrie Irving recently, uh, he's been sidelined for, for the rest of the year. He's having shoulder surgery on the same shoulder he injured earlier throughout the season that kept him out for a couple of, well, plenty of games, I should say. Um, with him being out for the rest of the season, the Nets are sitting seventh in the East right now. What should the Nets do going forward? Should they tank? for the rest of the season, or should they be competitive? I mean, they're already in the playoffs, but it's like they already sub-500 in the East as a seven seed, which is kind of demeaning to the East. But what should they do going forward? Does this mean that they should tank, or how does it look for their players? Should they let their players play, like Spencer Dinwiddie, Karius and Joe Harris, and Jared Allen, so they can possibly use them as trade bait so they can get another superstar for next year? Or what do you think?
1: Personally, I think they should just play it out, see what happens. I don't know how far they are from being out of the playoffs because they're obviously under five hundred at the seven seed. So
0: the Magic are twenty four
1: and thirty two, and below the Magic is the Wizards at twenty and thirty four. So they oh, uh, so it's extremely unlikely that they would actually end up falling out of the playoffs. So in my opinion, I say just play it out. You still have a good young core with Jared Allen, Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie. You got a lot of pieces Joe there, Harris. Joe Harris, um. They There's got
0: Torrey. I think they got Torian Prince. and Prince. They got uh who else they have? Ooh, they, I feel bad because I, I I know some of their players they have. And no, they, they got a good like they I like Wilson them. Wilson Chandler. He just now came back as well. Mm-hmm, right. They got oh, what's his name? Oh, he's a foreigner. I'm oh, look it up.
1: Yeah, not Evan Fournier. Mm-hmm. Uh ooh, you, you know that? what I'm talking about. I do know who you're talking about. But my thing is they have a good roster. So I would say it's a young roster that needs to develop and build around themselves become more confident and then of course as they play well and they got good they got a good squad in my opinion Spencer Dinwiddie Carrux. is a better Rodonis Corrux yeah him I'm saying I, his I name don't know how right. to pronounce his name but yeah but they have a good roster in my opinion Spencer Dinwiddie was an all-star this year in my, you think so over yes. who
0: would you take him over
1: That's a tough question to answer, but he played on an all-star level, in my opinion. Like it's hard because just there's so many guards out there. Because I mean I can't take him over Trey or Kemba or anybody like that. But he was a solid player. And they have a better record without Kyrie than they do with Kyrie.
0: Now, when you talk about this before we went on air, my cause you you always made this point saying how they had a better record with without Kyrie. My excuse to that is when he played at the beginning of the season. That's when they was, like, still trying to, like, figure out their system and, like, play with Kyrie and trying to get adjusted to things. That's my excuse, at least from my end. I can only speak – like, you can have your opinion, but from my end, I say – I personally
1: don't believe that.
0: I, I believe that because they was in They went to getting, training camp together.
1: Because, they practiced together. You're telling me right now that if KD somehow was fully healthy, 100% ready to go tomorrow, that they would have a losing record with KD on that team? Is that what you're telling me? No. Okay, then. So what McKay, does that say? But
0: KD and Kyrie have two different types of playing styles. Yes, they are great. They are both great, prolific scorers. But we all know Kyrie to be a little bit ball-dominant. Okay, but, so if
1: LeBron joined that team, then they would have a negative record because LeBron is ball-dominant. But LeBron gets people involved. Not oh, like, so you're saying that Kyrie's play style isn't conducive to winning team basketball. <laughs> you set me up for that. You set me up I that. didn't set you up for it. The facts are just the facts. And the facts will always come out if you pride But here's
0: enough. my thing. Here's my thing on Kyrie Irving. Last season with... The Celtics. He had his highest assists He has one of his highest assist totals, and he had one of his best season efficiency wise. So, because okay. many points him being the reason why the Celtics didn't flourish as much. Or as the playoffs
1: though. Then he shoot like thirty something percent against the Bucks in the semifinals. Yeah. Okay. But hold on, even this season, I just pulled up Kyrie Sacks. He's averaging six assists this season. Okay, then. So but again, what, what, it's just. But but again, you are looking at the numbers, but when you watch the game and you see what's happening and you watch how they play versus. When they don't have Kyrie, right, you can just see that the team is more engaged. You know, there's actual studies shown that teams that don't have a high disparity between their assist leaders, when people have a a nice distribution of who's assisting versus just like one player who's averaging like 10 assists, 11 assists. And obviously Kyrie's not averaging that many, but it's just a sign of ball dominance and how much offense has to be centered around one person. And when an offense is centered around one person, when they're off, the whole team's off. Just like what happened with Boston when they played the Bucks last year. Kyrie was terrible, but he wanted to keep shooting and running the offense through himself. And when the person you're running through the offense is doing bad, your offense is bad All right, already. So that's you're pretty much setting yourself up for failure. Now, I'm not saying Kyrie's not a good player, because I'm not crazy. He is a great player. He was one of the reasons why Cleveland won that championship in 2016. But if we just look at Kyrie's resume, and I know it's not really fair to look at his resume before LeBron, but just look at his resume without LeBron. What has he really done? Obviously, he didn't do anything in Cleveland. But then that first year in Boston, they, they were pretty good, but he got G. injured. But 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 he got injured. At the end of the And season. they had a surge at the end of the season after he got injured. And then they had they a were, surge in the beginning of the season when he was no, done. But they, they, no, he was still playing good. He was MVP candidate kind of at the beginning of the year. And then they hit kind of a little bit of a lull. And he got injured, and then they spiked back up, and then they went seven games in the Eastern Conference Finals. He comes back the next year. Right. What do we hear? Jason Tatum is falling off. Jalen Brown's falling off. Gordon Hayward's not integrating well into the system. And then they lose in five games you, to the Bucks. in the Hold on. You
0: cannot blame Gordon Hayward on Kyrie. But now he's
1: playing great right now. Because he just came Jaylen off. Jalen Brown's playing great on, right now. Because hold, Tatum hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Watch star. this. Because you can't – Marcus you, here's why you can't season. blame
0: Gordon Hayward on Kyrie, because he came off a serious foot injury, and that takes – Two years basically to get back to a, a playing level that you was before. We seen it with Paul George, but Paul George came back because when he after he broke his foot, he came back. I remember he came back to the end. He played like kind of like the last half of the season. Then he played a season after that. He still wasn't himself. But the season after that, when he came back, that's when he was kind of playing on Paul George level. And you seen it gradually took him time because he went back to being he actually played. He actually had his best season last year with the Thunder. So coming off an injury like that takes time. <laughs> so I my I feel that Brad Stevens and Danny Angel are to blame for kind of the mess that they made last year with the Celtics. Because granted, they did make a deep run into the playoffs uh, the year before without Kyrie, which I think kind of got like some some of the players like heads pumped up and kind of they built an ego off that, which which is deserved because they was pretty young and they made it pretty far. But with them trying to ingratiate uh, ingrat if I'm saying that right. Trying to put Gordon Hayward back integrate. in that lineup. Yeah, that's, a, that's another way to say it. I knew what I was trying to say. I know what you're trying to say, though. But them putting Gordon Hayward back in that lineup kind of messed it up, too. He wasn't even his full self. We're only seeing it being better now because he is now playing better and he is more comfortable as a player. He, he won't tell you, tell you that himself.
1: I mean, I agree with you and you're right. right but and obviously, I'm not saying it was 100% Kyrie's fault. But if we had a pie and we had to slice this bad boy up and divvy it out percentage wise to who's mostly to blame. Gordon, you can get a little ten 10%, percent 10% pie. Brad, you can have like a little fifteen. Oh no. Danny, I'll give you another ten. <laughs> and then the rest. Oh, go ahead, Kyrie. You big hungry. you give all Kyrie? You big hungry, Kyrie. Go ahead, eat all but, that.
0: How you give it all to Kyrie? Tay Rose didn't play good last year.
1: Nobody played good last year. See, it's funny is that everybody who didn't play good last year with pretty much the same team. Added with Kimball Walker, who was we're pretty not, much Terry, 90% of, who's Terry 90% of Kyrie. Terry Rozier not playing, really not playing okay, good Terry, so. but Okay, but Terry Rozier is backup point guard still. So we're not going to act like Terry Rozier. Completely changed the structure of that team. And we've seen what Terry Rozier is doing in Charlotte. Al Horford's
0: not playing that good this year. Okay, but Al Horford only
1: averaged 12 points last year and only shot like 10 field goal attempts a game. So we're not going to see her act like Al Horford completely changed the way the offense ran. So you're telling me that Jalen Brown went from sophomore slump to averaging 20 a game? Jason Tatum went from, oh, this is the guy you said was going to be the, the franchise cornerstone to all-star. Kevin Walker still putting up 20 a game. Gordon Hayward's consistently but 18, Tatum, 20. But Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown was playing good when Kyrie
0: was there. That's on no, they them. Were, they, they wasn't? No. But people not calling Jason Tatum? They, was they not considering
1: him to be an all-star in his rookie year? Was they not? They said he had the potential. He's but not but playing the way he is right now, though. Of course, because he's a third year in the league now. Of course, he's gonna be better. Than but he it was, was more based year. off of potential. It was but more Jenin based Br- off potential. Jalen Brown than it was how Jalen Brown was, was a sophomore when Kyrie got there. Their best games when Kyrie didn't play. Come on now. I mean, is it true or is it not?
0: All right, but we're going. About, we we're not talking about him with the stuff. We're keeping on him with the Nets. So going, like I said, going forward out of. I mean, you're right. I guess they should play it out because they already in playoff contention. Now that they
1: are like at the bottom bottom, but just develop your young players, play it out. End of the day, even if you bounce out the playoffs, you're gonna be the nine, the ten seed. Like how good how good of a pick are you gonna get at that what point? What
0: do you see? So with them with KD coming back, we already seeing videos of him shooting. He's posting them and he's like shooting in the gym right now. Not as much moving, but he's like getting mm-hmm. movement in his legs. When KD comes back and now with Kyrie coming back, where do you see this team, like, barring they don't trade anybody or nothing changes, where do you see this team going?
1: I definitely think they're going to probably be uh, somewhere in that 2-3 to three seed. I still honestly like Giannis and the Bucks. I just think the system they have with Budenholzer, Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, Eric Blitzo, the squad they have there, they're just really solid squad. And I think Giannis is the best player in the NBA right now. We're just going off a of player right now. I think he's the best. So, I still think the Bucks will be the one seed. And I think KD won't be 100% just because that's such a rough injury. I mean, we see what happened to Kobe and um, Dominique Wilkins and other people who had torn in Achilles. It's obviously something that takes a toll on your athleticism and ability to jump. But his game is tailored around not having to be so athletic. So, I think it won't affect him as much as it did other players. But with that in mind, I mean, you know, KD at 90% is better than most players at 125%. Yeah. And then Kyrie much as I like to hate on him and rag on him, he's still a solid player. He's still somebody... Oh, he's, but more than solid. He's, he's more than solid, but he's good. He's somebody that if he's your Robin and you're a solid Batman, like if it's just a Robin and a Nightwing, well, uh. But if it's a Robin and Batman, okay, you can probably go, you know, Eastern Conference Finals. But i have to see it, to be honest. I'm not sitting here saying 2021 NBA Finals yet. I gotta see. All right. I, was, I can respect that. Another
0: guy that's kind of... When we talk about the downside, let's talk about the upside. Nikolai Jokic. Slim Joke. He uh he's been playing pretty well lately. He's actually playing how we expected him to play to begin the beginning of season. He came into the season after doing international play for Serbia, um, which we would think would kind of help him, but he gained weight. And throughout the season so far, he has lost twenty to twenty five pounds. And in the month of February, Joker is averaging twenty seven points. Shooting 60% from the field. And he, let's forget, let's not forget, this man does shoot threes. He doesn't just play inside the post. He be throwing them up. He be chucking them now. Throw them With 12 rebounds up. and 9 assists. And in his last, his recent loss that uh, they had against the Thunder a couple of hours ago, he had 32 points, 7 rebounds, and <coughs> 5 assists. What's, uh, what do you, what you think about And How do you see the Nuggets going? Because they're, they're number two in the West right now. Mm. And... I always like me, you always have a discussion about the Nuggets and how far can they go and what they need to ascend to the championship level that many have, many have to see the potential in them being. Like, what do you think needs to happen? Because we seen Joker, he's playing phenomenal right now. Mm. So, where do you see? I, does his, he need to stay consistent with his weight? Does he need to have a consistent diet like he's having right now? Does the pieces around him need to change? Because I think they have great pieces around him.
1: They do. I just think he needs to stay aggressive. Because one thing about Nikola Jokic, and I already just told you, he's, in my opinion, the best center in the NBA. Mm-hmm. He's obviously not defensively as good as Joel Embiid. But he's, in my opinion, offensively so much superior. He's a better playmaker. He he's equally as good of a rebounder. His footwork he's is foot, His footwork, his post, oh, his ability God. to shoot off the catch, off <laughs> they, the dribble.
0: He took no. He took no Noel. He was on the right side of the basket. Man, he did about four. Oh, like,
1: may I have four. this? Da- may I have this dance? <laughs> he didn't.
0: He didn't move his pivot foot, but he took about four steps with his other one, just dancing around. No, yes. Noelle. This lane. is the last dance. Like it's. I like Joker. Mm. I really do. I really appreciate his game and like. With I do. Him, with him being a point center, essentially, like we talk about spacing, the spacing that this that this team has with him, he can bring the ball up the court and you having him all the way out to three. That's kind of like. The Paint is open.
1: Oh no, the spacing that the Nuggets have is ridiculous. They got shooters everywhere because they know, do Nigel Jokic, Gary Harris, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. They got straps on straps on Demar- straps.
0: Jam- Jam- uh, yeah,
1: Jeremy Grant, I'm Jeremy sorry. Grant, Paul yeah, Millsap, it's been Paul Millsap. You know, they got guys with Will with, Barton. Will you know. Barton, with all that said, I don't really believe in them as a contender yet. Not yet, because you, you need a goat, and that's what I was talking about, about aggressiveness is that Joker. He will have these games where he just seems like he doesn't want to score like that point center he takes it too much to heart where he wants to get everybody else the ball so much. Like I remember there was a stretch where he was having games where he had like eight points, six points, 10 points, 12 points. yeah and you're too good of a player to not want to shoot that much and I get it you know you want to get everybody involved. But when you're playing point
0: guard when he was young, before yeah, you can you can
1: tell right, and you can tell because he's got it in him. He just wants to get everybody else involved, and he's still not that go to scorer. Because end of the day, if you throw Anthony Davis on him, he's not putting up those kind of numbers in a seven game series, in my opinion. Oh, in a seven game series, I might say. The, in a seven game series, he might get guess, one. He might get one. I say last time I played the Lakers, he was playing really good. I don't know. But in a seven game series, you gonna bet on that? Those are numbers you gonna throw. You gonna parlay on those? All right then, I didn't think so. Um, so I
0: mean, because I mean, we talking about zero dark thirty, LeBron.
1: In that mm, case, that's a scary man right there. You get out the other way. We mm, we not gonna talk about that right now. You know, I can sit <laughs> here and talk about the Lakers all day. And then just I look at that team, and I'm not as high on them as you are. Because I like Jamal Murray, but I don't love Jamal Murray. He's playing really well recently. I like I like him, but I don't love him. I like Gary Harris, I don't love him. I like Michael Porter Jr potential but I haven't seen it all the way yet. Yeah, he he he's shown some flashes this season. So and, and then just like it's the West. In the as simple in as that. Like you're looking at the Lakers. You're looking at the Clippers. You're even looking at the Jazz or the Rockets. Jazz play really well this year. Exa- well. exactly. So I'm just looking at that team and thinking, they're just for one that both the LA teams in my opinion just beating them at five and six just straight up. But even looking at, you know, like the second tier, like a Houston, are they definitively better than Houston? Are they definitively better than Utah? I don't think so.
0: Have the Rockets and Nuggets played since they were in the small ball lineup yet? Yeah, I don't think they have. That'd be a very interesting so. thing to see.
1: It would be. It'd be really interesting. But see, considering the way they played against the Lakers, I mean, the Rockets just pretty much live and die by the three. Because they beat the Lakers, but they hit 23s that game. So, I mean, how often are they going to be able to do that? You know, obviously they got shooters, but they, we'll I mean, I, I think since going small ball, they're 6 and 2 right now. So we're just going to see. I mean, it's working. So we'll see, but will that work in a seven-game series when you're just constantly getting beaten up? Because end of the day, PJ Tucker, he's gonna have to play against Anthony Davis seven games. Robert, they got Robert Covington at center now. Oh, so Rob, okay, you know what? He my my bad, because Robert Covington eight. Yeah, you're right. Robert he, Covington AD. That's not even a question. Next topic. <laughs> next topic.
0: Well, that kind of transition into the into the next topic about the Rockets. Um, last night in a game against the Warriors. Um, It was obviously a blowout. We're not going to talk too much about the game (laughs) itself. But it was a crucial point in the game, in the fourth quarter to be exact, where Russell Westbrook received a technical foul. His third team for the season, actually. He actually leads the league in technical fouls this year. um, Where he he was grabbing a rebound against Damian Lee. I don't know if you saw
1: the clip. Um, Did you see the the video of, like, the whole entire— I didn't see the whole exchange. I saw an exchange with the bitch. But I actually didn't see the play that initiated it. So the
0: play took place, essentially. I watched it. So he grabbed the rebound and he bowled Damian Lee, but it wasn't like a hard like like he wasn't Ooh. as aggressive as a bow as they been the saying. Like a- yeah, he bowled him a little but he like he bowled him to let him know he was there. He didn't hit him in the face or nothing. And Damian Lee, I don't know why people ain't talking about this as much. Damian Lee overreacted to that play cuz if you if you watch the if you watch the video, you see there was a delay from the time that Russell Westbrook elbowed him and from the time that Damian Lee re- like reacted to that elbow. And people are going like they're going off more so on Russell than they are against other players, and I'm, I don't want to act like I'm being biased because star it.
1: power though at the end of the day Damian Lee, I don't lead. He you did. can't talk about Damian Lee and people are like, oh my God, I want to click on that. It's, I know, but it's I, gotta be about Russell. But
0: I know, cause but my thing is they making like Russell said they are making him seem like the bad guy because following that, that's when he held the ball and. um I came named other. It's like Tusano or something like that for the Warriors. You can't name these Warriors no, I can't players name now. Them
1: they just pulling these guys out the bargain bin
0: at this point. Really, and he he snatched. So he snatched the ball out of Russell's hand. So Russell kind of got in his face a little bit, and then it kind of like just kept spiraling out of control. Where like other players were getting not not too much to where it was like a violent spiral out of control, but like Russell was getting in the face of other players' faces. And as he was sitting there at the corner three, as he separated from the other two uh, Warriors <laughs> players, um. Clay Thompson and Marquise Chris, people wasn't talking about that either. People was kind of focused on Clay Thompson saying something to him. And Marquise Chris, who's being blocked by a security guard, is vividly mouthing off at Russell, which I think he was the person that caught Russell's attention when he got over there anyways. Because Russell was just sitting there with his hands on his legs. So I definitely said something you to seen him that, that made him turn around. Yeah, because Russell ain't going to be – Russell is a very competitive player, but I think a lot of people like misjudge him as just a person that's just like who tries to bully people – it's just like it's just aggressive for no reason, just a jerk. But Marquise Chris, if you watch the footage, he is vividly like jabbing his mouth at Russell Westbrook, and you can see the security guard like kind of blocking him off. Andrew Wiggins is there in the in the frame too, but he's just looking at him. Clay Thompson basically like just looking at him like, "Come on, man!" Like he just like talk. He was talking a little bit, but not too much as not as much as Marquise Chris. And following that, so you've seen that part. Following no, that, that part. that's when Russell Westbrook was trying to walk away and security guard was trying to hold him back, and he bumped into Kevon Looney, who he, who he was bumping into underneath the basket as well with Damian Lee. So it kind of spiraled control, and Russell ended up getting ejected from the game because of that. I Like I said, I think it was Lee overreacted to that. Um, I think it's, what, 15 or 13 technical fouls it takes for you to get you know, suspended. suspended for a game? Yeah. Mm, I think so, it's 15. And as we are getting close to the playoffs, could this be a problem – for the Rockets, because like I said, Russell is leading the league right now with 13 techs uh, for the season. Could this be a problem for the Rockets going forward?
1: Could, well, I'll just throw it to you. What do you think? I think it could be, because you know, Westbrook's got a hot temper. He just 100% in everything, full speed, full throttle, high emotion. And sometimes that emotion gets the best of him. When he just gets irritated, he just wants to yell and get in people's faces and throw some bows maybe something about was throwing a little bit more aggressive than others. But still, stuff like that, you just got to be more aware of where you stand in terms of, oh, okay, I'm one take away from getting suspended, and this is, you know, crunch time. We got to make sure that we keep a home court advantage and that we maximize our placement in the playoffs because placement in the playoffs is really important in the West because, you know, you know, one or two games you go from having home court advantage and not having home court advantage and having to play one of these L.A. teams or something like that. Yeah. You definitely don't want to do that in the first round. And really, if you want to, you want to get in that three spot, in my opinion, so you don't have to play the one seed. So I think that anything that's going to cause them to miss out play, especially with the small ball lineup, because Russell Westbrook – is imperative for that to actually work. He's been him, shining. He has been. Because this is really the first time he's ever played with real spacing. Because in OKC, he didn't really have it with Andre Robertson and Steven Adams. And then, obviously, in Houston, where he's been there with Capella, he's never truly had a paint this wide open before. He's never played with a big that can shoot. And we're or seeing, just no big in general. And we're
0: seeing him taking less threes mm-hmm. and actually attacking to paint more. He's playing more to any There's no reason
1: not to. I mean, I watched that full Lakers game. That's the only game I've watched from start to finish. Since they had traded away Clint Capella and that was actually their first game. Yeah. I mean, he was dominant because even though he's not a great shooter, they the fact that there's no back help because it's five out means that you kinda wanna back up because Westbrook will blow by you. You just that he's first quick. step is too quick. So you gotta back up. Even though he's not a great shooter, he's pretty good at that fifteen to eighteen footer mm-hmm. mid range shot. He so he was killing people with that. And so now you gotta step up and then Right by you. <coughs> My bad. But, uh, Sickly child. Flu season, what can you do? <laughs> Hashtag flu game. But, I mean, he's been killing it. I think that he'll probably be fine. He's a smart guy. He recognizes that this is a, is an important period in the season. And I think that he'll probably act accordingly.
0: Do you think Russell kind of gets a bad rep? And do you think he's always being painted as – a bad guy, because that's what, after game interview, he made that point saying that like he he does he does take responsible he takes he does take responsibility for his actions for the way he think he said he's gonna like try to watch himself a little bit more, but for what the media paint him, because I see it myself and me, we kind of had a discussion about this
1: before, how the
0: media paints him to be a bad guy. Do you agree with that sentiment?
1: I can see that because again, it's just part of his personality. He's now I do what I want, whatever I want to do, I'm gonna do it. He, the not? way he plays, why not? He, it's just his brand to be a challenger. And when you're a challenger, you got to be a bad guy. That means mm. you got to challenge when people say, like people say, don't shoot so much. Like, well, screw you. I'm going to keep chugging threes. I shoot 23%. Okay, then I'm going to make 23 out of 100 threes. Then, like, forget it. It don't matter. Or just the way he plays in general. People think I'm a stat pattern. Oh, that's cool. I'll keep getting triple doubles. I don't care. Oh, KD said that he couldn't win with me. Okay, I'm going to win without KD. He's a challenger. And that's a good thing because it shows that he's not somebody who's going to run from adversity. But at the same time, a person who doesn't run from adversity feeds off of adversity, and that kind of comes with the terrain where people will think, eh, this guy, he's a little off-kilter.
0: Like, I don't know. I, <coughs> I, I think in the league, in the softball league that we're in right now, um, it's like with his style of play, like you said, with his aggressiveness, With his tenacity, which makes him that's why he's my favorite player right now, and he has been for the past couple years. With the heart and soul and passion he puts into this game, many can confuse that and see that as anger and kind of see him as the bank, as the bad guy. But he's really playing the game with his passion and his full heart. And because, like I said, in this game, in this day and age of the basketball era we live in, it's not as many aggressive players with the kind of mentality that we see with a Russell Westbrook with just players that we see of old. You can point to Giannis. Giannis can't play with the same aggressiveness and kind of that mentality of just a dog, like just no friends. He's trying to win. And that's part of the terrain. You look at all the bad guys,
1: all the people who play with that killer mentality where they're just ultra competitive and want to kill you have always been looked at like that. Kobe, Patrick Beverly, Marcus Morris, Pfft. uh Bill Russell. Lambeer, Russell Westbrook. I mean that's Bill is obviously an older example, but just people like that are people who just make you look at them as a bad guy. Because they come at you with this passion and this energy and they just want to crush you. Jordan. How do you forget Jordan? I mean
0: exactly. The big the biggest one of them all. <coughs> but even exactly.
1: even him, he wasn't
0: painted as a bad guy. Jordan wasn't a bad guy? I mean, but he's he's a bad guy based off like how good he was. F them kids? We talk, that's besides the point. Let's go to the next topic, man. So, uh, another person that's been shining a The NBA games are just now starting to play. You all right?
1: Oh, I'm phenomenal. All right. Indubitably. Don't, don't give me that coronavirus, man. Come on, man. Man, you,
0: you did just come from California.
1: Come on, man. Next topic. We good. <laughs> we good over here. So, Life's coming
0: good. back from the All-Star break, the games just started to play back or started back again on Thursday, and this guy went. Off for his first game back against the Miami Heat to be exact. Trey Young, he had a 50-point explosion. When I mean explosion, it was an explosion. Uh, he had he had 50 points shooting 53% from the three. And I think last time I checked, I think he uh, shot 48-49% from the field altogether. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had eight assists to go with that. Uh, they beat the Heat. I thought I put that in there. I think it was like 121-110. to 110. I checked. Let me go ahead and pull it up. But, what do you think about Trey Young's explosion and what do, you think, what do you think the Hawks should do to help Trey Young? Because they already got pieces like a John Collins. They just traded and got Clint Capella, who did not play last night, but I think it will be a great addition for the team. And they have a good shooter in Kevin Hurdle, who's been stepping up more this year. What do you think about the Hawks and just Trey Young
1: and what you see them going forward in the future with their young pieces? I think they got a lot of potential. Obviously, Trey Young, I mean, he's just an all-star starter in his second year, putting up 29-9. and nine. He's an absolute killer. One of the best young point guards in the league. One of the best young players in the league in general. And John Collins slept on power forward. They have. Young player with a lot of upside, too. It was 129 to 124. My fault. Right. And, then again, you got to think about it. He put up 50. Like, okay. But you look at that team, Jimmy Butler, Andre Godala, these aren't slouch perimeter defenders. In many aspects, they're some of the best in the league. And he's still doing that with 20 points in the fourth quarter, too, in a closed game. These aren't garbage time buckets either. So psh, I mean, hey, that's tough. He was he was chewing them like the
0: whole entire game. That's <laughs> that's the point. It was he was playing really well and, and Trey Young, many like was saying, well, he shouldn't be an all-star this year. They have a losing record, they have one of the worst records in the league. But his play for this season is just been it's so it's so undeniable to deny this man's talent and the way he's been playing this season. Like how could you not make this guy
1: all star? And I know I don't know anybody saying not an all star. Maybe not a starter, but not all star at all. I think he. I think he should be a starter even in the East. Like when you look I mean, definitely his, the East because not really a lot of competition guard wise, but still. But that's a whole different topic. I just feel is. like the All Star game, the criteria for what makes you an All Star is so ambiguous to me that some people will be in with worse numbers than somebody else on a worse winning team like uh, Brandon Ingram being an all-star versus Devin Booker. I just felt like uh Devin Booker has better numbers and is on a better team record-wise. Not to say the Suns are really good, but record-wise they're better. But he wasn't an all-star until Dame Lillard had to sub out. Yeah. And honestly, also there's a posi- there, there's still the idea that oh well, we have to have certain positions and yada yada yada. So I I get that but still that's something I just don't like.
0: I, w- I was ready to make the point of how I know we had an argument. Me, you was on the same side of the, uh, on this argument. People were saying that Trey Young was better or is better than Luka Doncic. No. With the recent play that – because Luka's playing really well this year, too. He's actually MVP candidate. Do you still think – are you still on the side of saying Luka Doncic is better than Trey
1: Young? Oh, yes, definitely. But not even – that's not a knock to Trey Young. It's not That's not a just knock. a nod to how – Amazing Luka Doncic is because I mean this guy's twenty years old, averaging like twenty nine nine and nine right now. Yeah, something like that on a Mavs team that's comfortably in the playoffs right now. When people said they wouldn't even be in, in the, the six, race, six uh, spot, six seed, I think. <coughs> mm, I believe so.
0: In a yep, con- no, they're seven right now. So they're seven. Right. They, they tied with the Thunder at thirty four and twenty
1: two record. Right, but they're about what eight games ahead of the nine seed right now. Yep. Right, so they're comfortably in the playoffs right now, for a team that people said wouldn't even make the playoffs. They're cozily sitting in oh, it they, right now.
0: They are, yeah, they are nine games. Okay, yeah, you're right.
1: Right, so that just speaks volumes to me. Because end of the day, and I get it. You know, obviously his team's not that great on paper, but Luka Doncic is winning games. At the end of the day, we can look at the numbers, but this is a team game. It's not track. It's not tennis. It's not golf. We're looking beyond just their individual numbers. We're looking at victories. And Trey Young's putting up 29-9, okay, but the Hawks have, like, what, 15, 17 win, wins on the season? And, and they're at the bottom of the East? 16-41. Right, and at the bottom of the East. 14th. So I can't really sit here and say you're better than the guy who's putting up better numbers in a better conference with a better record. I can't.
0: Okay, I'm I, I'm still on that side too, saying Luca is better. But like you said, it's not a knock on Trey Young. Not at all. Cause Trey Young is a phenomenal player, and he's showing up with like when people gave him the prediction to be the next Steph Curry. I see somebody say he can be better than Steph Curry.
1: Hey, Steph wasn't putting up twenty nine and
0: nine his second year. Not his second year, so we he might be. He might be on his way to be better than a Steph Curry. But it's gonna take some time, obviously, because that team's not a Golden State. But they're all so young that they can have the potential of being that team in the future.
1: Yeah, hey, Golden State. Steph's second year was terrible.
0: Yeah, and it was before Clay Thompson even really got to play because Clay Thompson was a. I don't think Clay Thompson was there yet. His second year.
1: No, he got there in twenty eleven, I believe.
0: Yeah, and Clay Thompson. I mean, Clay Thompson was sixty nine on two k. That's after they traded Monte Ellison. like it just gonna take time. But they got some good pieces on there. Um, another thing I want to talk about. Speaking of the Warriors, actually, mm. great transition. The Warriors' owner Joe Lacob recently came out and said that the team will not tank the rest of the season. So what have they
1: been doing? I don't. So you tell me they haven't been tanking. I mean, they've been trying. Oh, to get, they've been giving a, a fighting effort. I mean, oh, so they're really gonna start trying now. They've been trying this whole season. <laughs> so, see, oh, why, hold on. did hold you hold on. On. even say anything? Hold on. Let me let me let me
0: put this out. Hold on. Before you get into it. Yeah. So, Clay Thompson has just been recently ruled out for the rest of the year. I Many was uh, speculating he might come back in March, but no. with the, the 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 way their record is. And many have been advocating for this even before they came out and said this. Like they have the, re- the worst record in the league right now, twelve and forty-four. Like many have said, why should he come back? I'm on that side too. I'm why? Gonna, why should he come back? Curry is still why is still, is, is why? Du- is still due why? to come back in March, possibly. What man. is the point? What is he gonna do? I I'm on defense. I don't think they should play either. because I here's my here's my suggestion. I made this point if not on last week's show, the, the week before that. I think, yeah, it was it was last week. I think they should tank. It was a week before that. My fault. I they think don't even they need to tank. tank. They just need to keep doing what they're doing. Well, cause they they're gonna lose regardless. <clears throat> I think they should lose. Don't worry too much about the season. I think they should sit out, Curry and Clay. Let them sit out. I think they should lose. Hopefully with them, with the amount of losses they have, they'll have a higher percentage of getting a top draft pick. And I think they should draft James Wiseman or a good center. Cause what you'll do is this. Let's say they do get that draft pick. Let's say they do get a James Wiseman. They'll come back next year. They'll have Steph. Mm.
1: They'll have Clay. Mm.
0: They have Andrew Wiggins. Mm. They have Draymond Green, mm. and they'll have James Wiseman. At the five. That's a tough five. That's a tough five. That's, that's that's they right back in championship contention, just
1: like that. They are, which is why I think. And off Steph the bench, Clay don't play.
0: They'll have just Eric Pascal, who's yeah, been playing really nice. well. He's been hooping. He's been playing really well. Damian Lee's he been playing good as well. Kevon Looney, who's a yeah, good he's piece for them. Back. Yes. Mm-hmm. So they'll have some good pieces on there.
1: Right, so my thing is, don't play. Go home, Steph. Go home. Hang out with your kids. Yeah. Cook with Aisha. I'm there
0: go ahead, cook with Aisha. Go and cook man. with
1: Aisha. Yeah. You yeah. Know, <laughs> do whatever it is you do. Chew on some mouth guards at home in the crib. <laughs> buy some new cars and get some nicer shoes, something like that. I don't know. Or do the whatever. Order just...
0: pieces from <clears throat> the delivery people who don't know who you are.
1: Right, exactly. Literally, <laughs> do, do anything else. Do anything else. Because there's no point. In, I just don't get why, why play, why? I
0: mean, I guess to show that y'all that the team is not about that, like that's not their mantra. No, because they they've been having they've been held to such a high standard for years.
1: You have twelve wins stuff. You have twelve wins. They gave us so much in five years. You could literally win every game for the rest of the season and not make the playoffs. <laughs> there is no reason to come back. Stay at home. You will be missed, but I will see you in October. I mean, at this
0: point, it the league the league kind of suffered too from the Warriors not playing. This the Warriors not being as good because with them being a Western Conference team, there's only been really two good on the Pacific, I should say, not just Western Conference on the Pacific like uh, standard time. There's only re- only two good teams out there with the Lakers and Clippers because the league benefits when the Warriors are playing, and they already had like a bunch of Warriors games scheduled this season, and and there are time slots <laughs> for their major games on ESPN, TNT. So when the Warriors are not playing, it hurts the league as well because, like I said, it does help them in revenue and viewership of their games. So they might take a dip this year, but I think it would be worth it for next year.
1: Uh, Next year, I think it's going to be a great year. KD comes back. The Warriors will be back. Oh, my
0: God. John Wall will be back? (laughs) Willie? Don't talk about John Wall. I think John Wall will be back. I forgot
1: John Wall was in the league.
0: (laughs) For a minute, I did, too. I ain't going to lie. For a minute, I did, too. I'm
1: not going to lie to you. I forgot.
0: For a minute, How does
1: man get injured while he was injured? <laughs> he slipped in a bad tub.
0: Stop. No, don't make fun of John Wall. We're not we not gonna talk about this man. So speaking of like good additions and waiting for people to come back, uh the buyout season is in full effect right now. And some good teams. there have been some notable buyouts uh, for the season right now. The Rockets picked up DeMar Kill and Jeff Green, which kinda is adding to that formula of a small ball and kind of stretching the floor and shooting DeMar Kill and Jeff Green, both good. Uh I think they're both good veterans. Both of who have good shoes. Damari Kell was almost an all-star one year when he took the Atlanta Hawks. That year they had Jeff Teague, Paul Millsap.
1: That was one of those years where they just give out Kyle all-star Corford. bids because they are a, a, the best team in the conference. I mean, he was
0: the only one on that team that didn't get – he was the only one that started five that didn't become an all-star. But remember, Jeff Teague, Kyle Corbett, Paul Millsap, and who
1: was their center? Yeah, Al Horford. Now nah, or- yeah, it yeah, was, because it was, it, was it, it, was it was Jeff T, Paul Millsap, Kyle oh. Corbett, Al Horford. Yeah, it was for Al Horford. And they won 60 games and got swept in the playoffs. They did. Because they were trash they from <laughs> jump. They were always trash. They only got four All-Stars because the East is trash, and they were the best team. So, literally, <laughs> that that's it.
0: But for the team, for where he is right now, I think for the Rockets, that was a good pickup. Jeff Green actually had 17 points, shooting four and five from the three against the Warriors last night. Um, what do you think
1: about that buyout? I think it's great for the Rockets. I mean, Jeff Green is a, it's a great pickup. I always love Jeff Green. He's somebody I've followed since pretty much he played in Boston. Damari Carroll, he's a good 3 and D guy. It's definitely a good guy to add because it's pretty much aligns directly with what Rockets are trying to do with their offense mm-hmm. with another guy who has a little bit of height, Jeff who has Green, a little bit of ability. Jeff Green taller too. Yeah, and then Jeff Green because they can both guard three or fours. They can't really guard fives, but nobody, I mean Jeff, Jeff
0: Green is about 6'10". Six
1: he's not going to really hang with any of the big fives. Like you're not going to put him on Dwight Howard for for ten minutes of a quarter. Nah. So, but but again, they both have size. They both are mobile and can guard the perimeter, but also switch on like a a small ball four. So I like that. Two good pickups. That was a good pickup for them. Uh, mm. Let's
0: talk about a, pi- a buyout that you was against.
1: Uh, uh, mm. One that
0: hurts your favorite. It covenant. really,
1: it it really doesn't. I'm gonna explain to you later. Go ahead.
0: Uh, the Clippers picked up point guard Reggie Jackson from mm. Detroit Pistons. Um, What does this mean for the Clippers as they get another rough rider in, in their team?
1: I don't think it really matters because I just think where is he going to fit into the equation? Is he going to start over Pat Bev?
0: He's so he's not going to start. I think they're going to have him come off the bench. And, uh, but Lou Williams runs the
1: bench unit as a point guard, so where are you going to put him? I think he's going to be your third string point guard.
0: No, he's not going to be a third string. So they'll put, move they'll, Lou to the two. What they'll do is they'll put Jackson at the one, Lou at the two because he plays. He basically plays the two. That's really his position. He plays a shooting guard. He uh-huh. put Shamon at the three. Right. And then you put now Shaman yeah, Sham has been starting since Paul George's out, But with Paul George back, you'll have Shaman at that three. At the four, you'll have Trez. I think now nah, they put Trez at the five.
1: they put Trez at the five. So, so they put they put um Jermichael Green at the four. Yeah. So that that lineup still it still runs. To, that's not to me that's just not a good lineup. Like that's that's one of those pickups where I felt like they didn't pick him up because they would like him on his team. They picked him up because they didn't want him on the Lakers. So really, I don't really feel like it was a gain for the Clippers, really, it was just a move to posture up on the Lakers and not let him go there because they knew we needed another guard. So I really don't care that much. You think the, you think the Clippers organization
0: are in that much competition with the Lakers yes. that they're willing to make a move like that? To-
1: 100%. I guarantee it. If I was a fly on the wall in that office, I promise you they said, well, do we really need Reggie Jackson? No. Do we want the Lakers to get him? No. All right, give him a contract. I 100% believe that. Do you think they needed him? <clears throat> I think it adds to the team. I don't
0: think they necessarily. What exactly
1: did he bring to the team they didn't already have? Did they need more playmaking? I think,
0: okay, so patch Beverly has been out for a couple games this season. Um, so they do need a backup point guard because when patch Beverly does not play at the one, they have like a Jalen Robinson play at the one. So they kind of, they don't have as many talented point guards on that team. So that helps them in that aspect of when the Patch Beverly goes down or like the lineup I, I just suggested. He can come off the bench and still play with a Lou Will. Like, I understand what you're saying because Lou Will does run the ball, up, like bring the ball up the court even as a two. He can still do that with Reggie Jackson. But Reggie Jackson adds to that team, I'll tell you what he adds. He's a good pick and roll player. He's He has a little bit of size on him, where Lou Will and Patrick Beverly do not. So it adds a little bit more size to your guard position, which the Lakers do have because they do have taller guards. Mm. So it adds with that when you have a Reggie Jackson. Like I said, he does play well with pick and roll. But adding, uh, when having a Montrez hero come off the bench with him as a good pickup for them in that aspect. And then you have a Marcus Morris on that team who can space the floor. He can do pick and rolls as well, but you do a pick and pop with him because he's, he's more of a shooter. So, And you have an, a Vika Zubak as well. So I think it adds in that aspect, and you had a good playmaker in that team, which kind of takes the load off of Lou Will, which, which you really wasn't putting too much of a load on him. But you kind of have that guy that can bounce off with a Lou Will and a Montrose and Montrez Harrell on the bench. So I think that's what he adds to that team.
1: I just think the addition is so incremental that I'm not sitting here thinking, wow, that was a piece that made the Clippers just insurmountably better. I mean, they are they – are, they, you might not agree, but I think they have a better roster. They do have a have- no, – from top to bottom, they have a better roster. I just feel like at the top, we're still better. Because LeBron is better than Kawhi. PG, for one, I don't even know he's going to play because he's had three hamstring injuries like every other day. Yeah, that's beginning. So bro. I'm, I'm, not gonna I'm honestly not really concerned about it. I just think that when – and plus when it comes down to it, you don't go 10, 11 deep in your rotation in the playoffs. You're going like seven or eight. And I'll take my seven or eight over the Clippers seven or eight. I'm cool. I mean, but
0: Reggie Jackson fits in that seven, eight category. because Like I said, you already have your five. They they don't play Zubac that But I just don't think Reggie Jackson
1: is really changing. At the end of the day, and this is how I feel, at the end of the day with all these buyouts, none of these people are really changing an organization. Like a Reggie Jackson, the best player, like Marcus Morris, out of all the pickups they had, is the one that I think was just a killer pickup. I wish we could have got Marcus Morris. But with that in mind, Reggie Jackson, again, it just doesn't – I don't wake up. Out of my sleep at 4 in the morning. <laughs> oh, Reggie Jackson. Oh, yeah. to the Clippers. Oh. But y'all like, I, don't, I don't care. It's like, oh, Reggie Jackson went there. Dang, we wouldn't like to have him. But okay, cool. So speaking
0: Next. speaking on the Lakers, yeah. you all Thank you, finally. finally made a move. Because <clears throat> we've been anticipating you all for at least to make a trade or do something. Y'all yeah, did make a trade.
1: Contracts didn't add up.
0: And y'all players wasn't really something that people out there really wanted. Well,
1: people did want. Pete Kuzma was coveted. Asset. but He's on rookie contract.
0: Not the way he's looking this season. Uh, y'all finally <clears throat> picked up somebody. Y'all uh bought out Marquise Morris from the La- from the Pistons. Mm-hmm. But as a caveat to that, the Lakers did waive Boogie Cousins. So what is it is this what the Lakers needed? And what needed? hold on I'm gonna ask you two parts. Okay. Is this what the Lakers needed? And my second part of that question is what is Boogie Cousins'
1: future? Okay, I'll start with the first one. So is it what we needed? No. We needed another playmaker. Right. Because that offense when LeBron goes out is just stagnant. Because Rondo, he, he just don't have any more we got. I guess we got to wait for playoff Rondo to come back out. Because regular season Rondo has kind of been a dud this year. He's inconsistent. Yeah, this he's, just, he's just been inconsistent. He's just been inconsistent. He's been up and down. Alex Caruso, I love him to death. But he's just not a guy that I can say if we give him 24, 26 minutes a game. I can count on him to run that bench unit or work with LeBron well in tandem. But
0: he shows he shows signs. He's He's like, he shows,
1: oh, oh, I love Alex Caruso. I love me some Alex Caruso. Right. I remember I just threw him a ballot in the All-Star game just because this is my guy. But at the same time, I did. Hey, him and Taco Fall got on there because people voted for him. It, was simple. it wasn't just me. Go on. But regardless, it's not really what we needed, but it does help. It gives us another person that we can have who can switch from perimeter to guard in some uh, fours, so we can put him on, like, Montrez or um, Marcus Morris. Obviously, put him on his brother. So, I think he just gives us some some more bench depth, especially games where Kuzma may not be offering us as much because in games that he has been streaky, and the thing about Kuzma, he doesn't really defend. He's not really a great rebounder. He's not really a great playmaker. I think Marquis Morris gives us a little bit better defense, better rebounding. And I think his basketball IQ, in terms of team success, is better at this point, just because he's an older player with a little bit more understanding of how winning teams work. Nothing to say he's ever really been on a really winning team, but I just hmm. I think it's a, I just think it's a good pickup. As for Boogie, I honestly I just think the timing was really weird because I hadn't heard anything about Boogie all year. And then yesterday, around this time yesterday, we started hearing reports about, oh, he could come back in the playoffs, or, oh, he thinks LeBron should run for president, and then he gets waived within 24 hours. That just, that seems weird, because I hadn't heard anything about Boogie all year, and then that happens. Yeah, well, I, when I watch watching Lakers
0: games, i would be like, who's that on the bench? Because I see
1: him there, he's oh, always active. DeMarcus. And I, I just hate to see it, because I love DeMarcus Cousins. I've always loved him. I remember when he played here with John Wall in UK in 2009. I loved DeMarcus Cousins. I loved him in Sacramento. I didn't like him in U.K. I did. I, I loved him. I remember when he elbowed uh Schwab, Schott. Jared, do oh, you remember man. when he, swa- he elbowed Swapshot in the, in the mouth in 2009? I didn't really like that back then because I was a Louisville fan. But when I watched him in the NBA, because my thing is I usually don't like U.K. players when they're at U.K. because of U.K. Yeah. But then when they go in the league, now they're independent, so I can let bygones be bygones. And... I like this game. I just felt like he was a super skilled center. I felt like he never got as much love as he deserved because Sacramento was always, you know, out of the playoffs and irrelevant. And I felt like that, see, the half season that he was healthy in New Orleans, he was playing really good basketball, and I was really looking forward to seeing him, Anthony Davis and Rondo, doing their thing in the playoffs. And then he got injured, and his whole career has just pretty much been on a downward spiral since. Not even just on the on the court, but just personally. So more than anything, I just hope that he can stay healthy and get a right, get the right opportunities somewhere with somebody eventually.
0: I was so before his injury took place and he was still a free agent. I remember I tweeted something out. I actually tweeted him. I told him to sign with the Clippers I thought it would be a great addition for the team. He better not go. He better not go hey, to the Clippers. It, 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 it could happen. If it, if that happens, he he don't have to move. That'd be a good move for him himself. If he, he goes
1: to the Clippers, the streets are done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, he ain't here on He don't. The streets he, are done. He does not owe y'all any loyalty. If he does go to the Clippers, he does it because y'all y'all, on, do, y'all waved him, y'all cut him loose. So it's like y'all 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 already like showing him that y'all. Boogie, don't Boogie, I didn't
1: do that. I would have kept you, big dog. You could have cut somebody. The
0: Marcus Boogie, listen to me.
1: Cut the tape. I don't want to hear this.
0: Go no. to the Clippers. No. Nah. Get you get you a ring.
1: Don't go. Don't go to the Clippers.
0: Get get you a ring, her Boogie. Go.
1: Come. Do you really want to go to the basement of
0: the Calm. building where you was reigning
1: supreme for all these stuff? Yeah, we, we you we you gonna go to the basement? There's
0: low we do low men over here. Been in... We take good oh, care of you. Bitch. We you'll be all right. We don't we don't need you to come back immediately. Right. Okay. Just take your time. Right. Be ready for us turn in, in March, April, we get rolling the playoffs. Gonna get you that rain. We're gonna get your revenge on the Lakers.
1: Don't do that, Boogie, because it's gonna make you even more sick when you get beat by the team that waived you. Don't even do it.
0: They definitely won't win if you come join. But I think okay. he – I don't want to see – going back – just going back to his Boogie Cousins. Like, I don't think that he needs to be one of those players that kind of just, like, drift out the league and we just kind of forget about. Because he's such a great talent. And, yes, him and Isaiah Thomas has is kind of, like, called the bad end of a stick lately since their injuries. Because Isaiah Thomas, is he got weighed by yeah, the Clippers, too. he got weighed by the Clippers. He got weighed mm-hmm. by the Clippers at the day. He got traded uh, to the Clippers and a trade that sent Marcus Morris there. And he was playing okay for Washington, but ever since his hip
1: his hip injury, he's been on a downward spiral too. He's lost a hundred mil off that. He
0: did. He was
1: out. going to get. He wasn't going to get max, but he was going to get at least a hundred mil, like four year hundred mil.
0: Yeah, he averages, he averages like what almost thirty a year, and he was playing twenty nine like, points, and six he, assists, and I had like and MVP Celtics season. were the two seed in the league, mm-hmm. And yeah, two seeds
1: in the East, I should say. Yeah. Psh. paid oh. a man, and I loved Isaiah Thomas his whole career too. I watched him all the way back in Sacramento because he yeah. played with Boogie. Back when he was a rookie, he yeah. played in Sacramento. I remember that. And he was cold. He was averaging like 20 points a game at some point with the with the Kings. Yeah, he was the last pick in the draft. He
0: played, no, I really started noticing more when you played with the Suns. When he played with Goren Dragic. I did, but that
1: was just weird. That was just a weird roster because they had Gordon Dragic, Eric Isaiah Thomas, and Eric Blitzo. And I just felt like you got three point guards, all of which are kind of on the shorter side. That doesn't really work. Yeah. But, but either way, you know, hopefully. Both of them, but especially Boogie, find a way to get back in the league and find prominence because they both know how to play. It's just two players who just got injuries at the wrong time. Getting injured on your contract year. Who you think
0: can use a Boogie Cousins? As we end the show, who you think you can end the – Well, I guess
1: it really – at this point, it really doesn't matter where he goes in my opinion because I just feel like – I just don't trust him to be a contributor to a team right now. Because even when he played for Golden State, he only had one good game in the finals. And in the other games, he was pretty much irrelevant. He played,
0: he played good in the first round.
1: He played okay in the first round, but I just think for a contender playing against another contender, I don't think that and he played, he Boogie pl- is a guy He played good put you in, over in the, in the, the season too,
0: though. He did. He showed the season. He had
1: flashes, but I'm just thinking. I mean, honestly, I hate to say it, but he would be a really good fit for the Clippers because that's pretty much the only thing I can think beyond just health and injuries, really, that would derail them is just the fact they don't really have any bigs. I mean, Montrez, he's still 6'8 in the the day. He plays big, but he's still not big. Zubach. Zubach, but I mean, Zubach, then in the day, he's not really a center that I can put on Dwight Howard or Anthony Davis with any confidence. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? Patrick Beverly, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Marcus Morris, and Boogie Cousins. Oh my God! I also think it's that big of a deal because right now Boogie. Oh my God! See people, but people, you get hyping up off just name, but we're only just looking at Boogie as who he is right now. That's not really saying. Well, much. we don't.
0: But we don't really need it. We don't need him to do that much
1: though. If you don't need. Team. That's what I'm saying. He'd be a good pickup. I guess I'm thinking outside of you know the Clippers. I mean, I can't. That's re- that, that. That's really the only contender. That I think would really Can we matter. see him go to Washington? I don't see why. I mean, I guess he play with John, John Wall. With but, I mean, zero. yeah, they both can be on injury reserve together, I guess. <laughs> That'd be cool.
0: I mean, I, like, outside the Clippers, I really don't see. That'd be team. a fun
1: rehab session.
0: It would be a fun rehab. I mean, I'm going to go to some of the teams real quick as we end the show. I mean, just looking at them, the Clippers would need them. The Nuggets don't. The Lakers just dropped them. The Rockets definitely won't need them now today. So, no no, contending teams really the need Mavericks. them. Mavericks. They did just lose. I could see that. They did just lose the White Powell for
1: the season, but they did trade for Willie Collison. They can get Boogie Cousins. I mean, maybe it's just the fact that I just feel like he's not really somebody who's gonna make a really big difference to a team. The Spurs. Bottom line, again. The Spurs won him before. Again, maybe, but, you know, there's teams that he could go to, but I just don't think any teams that actually are in the hunt for anything. The Celtics,
0: I, I want him to go to the Celtics, too. Was, I think
1: him going to the Seas would be good because in his cancer, he's solid, but, you know, you could always. I don't improve. like his cancer. He cries too much for me. Does Destroy Stephen Adams last year in the playoffs. Though. No, whatever.
0: But that's all we have for today. This is probably the longest show i actually recorded in all three of them that I've done. What is with you? And you always make it well. You always make it fun. We had a good discussion. And a week that really didn't provide us too much basketball topics, but we, we made good work with it. And as always, as always, if we look to the second half of the season, it's going to be very interesting after these buyouts. There are some buyouts still going on right now as we speak, uh, possibly with some players. But it's pretty much set in stone who we see. Uh, and in terms of like the award races and kind of who gonna be the championship mm. contenders and playoff contenders.
1: You want to give you like your quick? or you, know, you just wanna wrap
0: up? Cause we I were, forgot we, about we forgot about
1: award race. We didn't even talk about that. Well, maybe we we'll talk about
0: that another time. But we we had an hour and twelve right now. We're gonna wrap it up right now. Mm. So, George, I appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me. Dragging you from upstairs, to do some work. Right. Got me
1: over here being unproductive, talking about basketball. You wanted
0: to come down here. Don't act like I force you down here on your own uh when you didn't come down on your own merit.
1: Uh, I, didn't you fight fight you free well, I didn't fight you. Like,
0: I didn't fight you. whatever. I had to ask you to ask yourself. Uh, so uh, maybe. Thank you all for joining us here today on Trey Ball. We see you all again next week. Next week I should have a guest. But you I will find out. Peace out.
1: See ya.